0: back to another episode of the false nine podcast. It's your boy, Edwin. I'm not joined by Santi today, I'm switching it up a little bit. he he's super busy with, with work going on in his life right now. So I'm here by myself, but it has been a huge, huge week in football as the champions league has returned. However, that is not the biggest headline of the week in football. Thomas Tuchel has been sacked by Chelsea following their 1-0 loss to Dinamo Zagreb in the Champions League on Tuesday. He was sacked a day later on Wednesday. And Graham Potter has been appointed as new manager the following day on Thursday. So much to unpack about that. Chelsea fans... Extremely gutted, furious, rightfully so, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into it. So this whole saga, dilemma, whatever you want to call it, is very interesting because I feel like there's two sides to this, two different perspectives that you could uh, look at this from, right? So there's this whole reactionary, unjust side where it's kind of like panic, panic sacking after following the 1-0 loss to, to Zagreb. And then there's also the side that you can look at it from that it wasn't really reactionary and that it was all premeditated and it was a buildup of the last 100 days or so, give or take, um, following the bully administration coming in as new owners of Chelsea Football Club. So... Yeah, let's let's get into to these two perspectives here. So we have, like I said, we have the reactionary side, where in the league, in the Premier League, we're only seven games in, right? Chelsea have not been performing to the standards that Thomas Tuchel has set. You know, within his first fifty games at the club, um, you know, he, he's lost this season. He's lost against Leeds three 0 Got uh, Chelsea got a red card in that game. He's lost to Southampton and he was very they were very lucky to walk away with three points against West Ham and arguably Leicester as well where they Chelsea got a red card in that game also um so and then obviously the one one nil loss to to Dinamo on Tuesday in the Champions League where they did not perform very well at all in my opinion it was very kind of dull and, and stagnant for looking at it from that perspective I feel like it's very harsh. It's ve- it's very harsh and surprising, considering the fact that Thomas Tuchel is in fact a very class manager. His football and tactics are genius. Um, his first stint at the club, within those first five months that he was there, he won them the Champions League, and he completely—I don't—he turned. The team around in terms of form and performance since coming in, um, taking taking over after Frank Lampard, who was not performing well at all. Um, so another thing of it that you could look at it in as well is this past transfer window, Chelsea have broken a Premier League record for how much they have spent in order to bring players in, right? And Thomas Tuchel has been backed this entire transfer window. Yes, he didn't really get some of the players that they initially wanted, that he initially wanted, and those players include Rafinha and Koundé, um, but you got to admit that they had a very, they had a good window, bringing in Raheem Sterling, Koulibaly, Kukurea, and Fofana. And these are players that, oh, and Aubameyang as well. Forgot about that. They purchased Aubameyang last week as well. Um, And these are all players that Tuchel wanted, right? These are players that Tuchel felt were the right men to fit in his system, how he wanted to play to kind of like rebuild the squad and actually compete for the league this season. But they've had a run of bad form. So the problem here is they sack him. A week after the window closes, the transfer window closes, after they backed him all summer, right? They gave him all the financial freedom and they gave him all the players that he was set out for that he could get, right? So it's kind of like, why are you sacking your manager a week after you just allowed him to spend millions in new players, right? To fit his system, his style of play. That he feels can actually compete and it's it's kind of like it's a project as well it's not a type of thing where it's gonna breed success immediately right thomas Tuchel had this, this project set out which Bowley the Bowley administration had backed and yeah so there's that it's it's very weird it's it's concerning in a sense because it makes it seem like the bowling administration was just very like ego and uh, eager and panicking behind those, those the past eight games, if you include the Champions League final, and their bad run of form. But I feel like Tuco, if you're backing him, right, if you're fully backing him, I think you need to give him the time, right, and the opportunity to really cement these new players who haven't even played together with each other before at all, right? I think they need they deserve time to kind of get get familiar with the system and let it be ingrained into their football, right? Um so I don't think sacking them at this moment in time was the right choice. I think if the poor performances continue to go on up until maybe maybe up until the World Cup started in late November. Or maybe into the January transfer window, then if, yeah, if, if the performance is still bad by then, then yes, I totally understand sack them completely. But we can't really see what that outcome would be like with these players under Tuchel because they sacked them a week after the window closed, right? And it, I don't think that it's very just. And from the Chelsea fan perspective, right, the fans are super upset considering what Tuchel has achieved in his time. So he, he's played 100 games for the club. He's only lost 16 of those 100 games, and he's won 60. So that is – he has a 60% winning record. That's – within 100 games, I, that, that record is insane. It's amazing that he only lost sixteen games in a hundred in a hundred of them. And he, he also Tuco also lasted eighteen more days than Frank Lampard did as as Chelsea manager as well. And that's wild considering the fact that Frank Lampard didn't win anything with Chelsea. So when you're looking at it from that perspective, it the decision to sack him is very harsh and just unjust and out of nowhere if you're looking at it from that perspective. But in terms of the fan, like I was saying, Tuco has taken them to five finals. He's won three major trophies. And like I said earlier, kind of like reshaped, revamped the squad in terms of how they were playing under Frank Lampard when Frank Lampard's team went into really bad form, and that's what got him the sacking, right? And you can also argue – well, with those – with those two other trophies that Tuchel didn't win last season, which was the FA Cup and the Community, um, sorry, not, not the League Cup, not the Community Shield, he lost both of them to Liverpool, and they were both in penalties. So those could have been two two extra titles that, if luck had gone their way, if the goalkeeper had made just a, a couple penalty saves, then. Chelsea could have won five trophies and five finals under Tuchel. And that is just baffling to me that he was able to do all that. Um, but apart from that, I feel like the fan, the Chelsea fans also felt like Tuchel was one of them. Um, I think Chelsea fans had like a very strong like bond and connection towards him because of what he was able to achieve in the, the amount of time that he did and, um, He was very considerate towards the fans as well. He's faced sanctions, new owners and a lot of different kinds of like little problems, which he, which he rolled out and the whole sanction thing, considering the Russian and Ukrainian war at the time, I feel like a lot of managers could have literally just bounced and said, fuck this. I'm not dealing with this. And then just gone their way. But Tuchel. Tukul, you know wrote it out wrote out the wave and I feel like that really resonated with the Chelsea supporters and earned Tuchel a very special place in Chelsea fans hearts and honestly I think I think he's probably been the best Chelsea manager that fans can actually like connect to in a really really long time in a really really long time so there's that um and yeah, so looking at it from that perspective, it's, I, I totally feel for the Chelsea fans. I really do. And I myself think that the whole decision was unjust, right? But there's two sides that you can look at this from. And the other side is the fact that it wasn't really reactionary. And it was more so premeditated over the last hundred days, give or take. Um, So... When you're looking at it from that perspective, these are the the key things that you could look at in order to make this argument, right? So there's new owners that come in and they wipe the executive offices clean, you know, getting rid of so many people in the, you know, executive positions, directorial position, administrative position, so on and so forth, that were under employment from Roman Abramovich's time at the club. Um, so you get rid of all those people, right? There's there's a lot of work that needs to be done in order to fill these roles, these newly vacated roles in. And Tuchel, according to reports, asked for a lot more responsibility beyond the footballing on the field. So he wanted a little bit more like administrative, like executive responsibility for that. And Boley was on board for that according to reports, right? And I don't think Tuchel was able to deliver in the way that Boley was hoping that he could, you know, taking on so much new responsibility beyond the footballing on the field. Um, So it's very likely that Boley made his mind up off the field that Tuchel wasn't really the right fit in terms of communication-wise, and personality-wise, and maybe, just maybe, footballing-wise. But out of those three, the footballing aspect was probably the least on the list in terms of the right man for the job, right? So I feel like the run of bad form was just kind of like the icing on the cake that helped solidify the decision in a way. Um, There was also rumors that there were a lot of players that were unhappy you know, recently with Tuchel, those players being ones that don't play that feel like they should be playing, and players also that do play but weren't happy with the way that they were playing, right? And it, and the reporter also said the rumors also say that these players were going to bully behind closed doors and you know trying to push for Tuchel's exit. Now, I'm not sure how true that is. But those are the rumors that are out there, right? And I think that this has been fizzling over a lot since the summer. Not the rumors, but the fact that over the last 100 days, I mean, that Boley was kind of like planning on this or, you know, thinking about it to some degree, right? And, and I think you could see it with Tuchel during the summer after their loss to Arsenal in preseason, I think, I'm not sure verbatim, I don't remember ver- verbatim what it was that Tuchel said, but basically he was saying something along the lines of, well, yeah, of course we lost, like how how can I win with all the same players from last year? And you could kind of see like that frustration, you know, and that was building up in the works of like, okay, there's a lot of work that needs to be done within the footballing club. And then Boley, the Bowley administration back them throughout the summer. But I don't think that they were quite fully convinced. Because if they were, why sack them, right? After you back them. I think I think it's, it's tricky and it's confusing because it's like you back them, you fully support them, right? But you're not fully convinced. And then the run of bad form this season early on, kind of like solidifies that like doubt that you already have in your head, if that makes sense. Um, So the fact that they were able to approach Brighton and get Graham Potter within 24 hours of Tuco being sacked, kind of just suggests that Tuco's future was decided a while ago, or was in the process of being decided for, for a minute. Because you can also look at it from like this point of view to where it's it's like there's this person of interest, that person of interest being Grand Potter, right? So if you're not thinking of letting your main man in Thomas Tuchel go, then why would there be a, a person of interest, right? Why would you have potential for interviews within those 24 hours of Tuchel being sacked if you're fully backing him? If you're not thinking, if you're fully supporting him and if you're fully supporting him, then there there shouldn't be these thoughts of like, okay, we got to look at other people to come in because once shit goes south, we could get them in right away to get right to work. Right? So if you're fully backing him, I doubt that those thoughts are being in your head. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's that. And it's... I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's confusing. But in terms of Graham Potter, right, is he the right fit for the job? For Boley, I think so. I think Potter's style is something that fits Chelsea's ambition and Boley's ideal of what he wants out of this club that he's running. Um, And look, I mean, we... Any Premier League fan knows how electric, how fun to watch Potter's side is, right? If you look at Brighton, Brighton, in my opinion, have been one of the most fun and great teams to watch the past, like, two seasons under Graham Potter, just because of the type of football that they play, right? And if you look at, if you compare Brighton's team last season to Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea, I think that they're they're very similar attack-wise when they're on the ball. So Potter, Potter's Brighton last season predominantly played a 3-5-2 for about a third of, of last season. Um, he could move it to a 3-4-3 and can even field a 4-2-3-1. And those were, were formations and similar tactics to what Tuchel was also doing with Chelsea. So on the ball, I feel like Potter's Brian played very similar to Chelsea last season, with which is something that I feel like Bowley's footballing es- experts that he brought in was able to kind of like pinpoint, um, and and you know attract them to Potter. Uh, so I feel like the main thing that that does it for the Bowley administration to fully bring on Potter is his man management skills, which is very superb, but he's well known for his man management and he's known to improve and develop players. And that obviously translates from from the first team all the way over to the youth side as well. And the fact that Chelsea were able to get some young players and some exciting young players, you know, and the fact that Chelsea's youth academies and the way that they run the youth system is run which i think is one of the best in football right i think that that really attracted potter as well because if you look at brighton's brighton's team under potter a lot of those players are between the ages of like 26 to 32 right and they play electric football great football there's some youngsters on there don't get me wrong But most of the squad that he regularly plays and relies on are between the age of 26 to 32. Now imagine, imagine what Graham Potter could do with a top six club with players of great caliber, exceptional skill, talent, you know, and, and a youth program that's run brilliantly, right? Like it's, the possibilities are endless. So, uh, I don't know. It, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. I can't even. <laughs> it's kind of hard to to imagine what a Chelsea fan is kind of going through. Someone that's actually like very like involved and heavily supports the club. You know what I'm saying? Especially like the, the ones in London that actually live in England and London and bleed Chelsea through and through. Um, so I understand totally what they're going through. But I think... I think Graham Potter would be, is a great replacement. And I think that he deserves, even though Thomas Tuku was done dirty, don't get me wrong. I feel like Graham Potter is going to come into this role with a lot of pressure considering how much work needs to be done on the higher end executive side of the club, right? Because there, there's so many positions that need to be filled. So those responsibilities need to be taken care of somehow. Not sure if, if any of that is going to fall onto Grandpa Potter if he agrees to take on those roles, but there's a lot of heat. There's a lot of heat on the owners right now. There's a lot of heat on the footballing that needs to improve to better the results. So, and Potter's never faced, never, um, you know, taken charge of a team that plays Champions League football regularly. So he's going to come into this with one loss in the Champions League already. Not under his, but in general, you know what I mean? And a poor run of form in the Premier League as well. So there's going to be a lot of heat. And I think that it's important for the fans as well as the owners to to have his complete support and just be patient because there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And if you guys aren't patient, then then the owners are going to be put under a, a immense pressure in terms of like revolting fans and, and so on and so forth. So I think Graham Potter deserves a shot at a top six club. I don't agree with it be, being this way because Tuchel did not deserve to be sacked in the manner that he was not now, at least, but his time is Potter's time is now. And he's, he's, given this great chance and I think it's important for us to be patient and just wait to see how he could deliver. And maybe even take Chelsea's style of play to a whole new level, considering how he had Brighton Brighton playing for the past two two seasons, two and a half seasons. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um that's all the time that I have for you guys today. Just wanted to get that quick little rant out. Um Please listen to our previous episodes if you haven't already. Um, We'll be back next week with more content for you guys. Stay tuned. Thank you very much. Peace out.